Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We are back, and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 273, we have two title fights. Alexander Volkanovsky taking on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, and Aljamain Sterling defending his undisputed title. As a minus, as a plus 340 underdog against Piotr Jan, um, and for the bantamweight belt, we'll talk about those fights and more. I am your host, as always, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, the co-host, the analyst, the important guys of the show. We have somebody with way too much hair on his face, at Real Chris Olson, and then I don't know what happened to Joe, but at Sun Tzu. So we got. You want to borrow something or like what's going on? No, here, so I went to uh, I went to my barber, um, you know, iconic male in Glenrock, New Jersey, and said everything but the eyebrows, man. Just like give it, give it everything but the. This is my my more my work look. I know I'm usually wearing a hat, but um, this is my kind of like clean shaven, no beard, no no head hair work look. So Joe 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 was actually in in a grease fire and was lucky to uh, get out on speed. Yeah, that is my payback for the tweet that where I said that you know Chris was broadcasting from a an undisclosed basement in uh, the radon belt of Central New Jersey. Yeah, and uh, Sean was going to wear you know his Mickey Mouse ears over his South of the Border hat. Just for you, Joe. He's got tie dye, and I also said Sean that in case you have to cut out, that you would be. You know, you would be uh, cutting out because you're fighting a raging case of IBS. I think, I think Nan just gave us the new um, the new title for the show, the hippie, a the hippie, a philosopher, and kingpin, kingpin walking to a bar. I mean, I I'm like clearly it. the I'm clearly the smartest, so I'm the philosopher. Which no, you're the, the hippie, hippie dude with the tie dye. You got Grateful oh, Dead written all over you, my friend. Listen, yeah. everybody wants to knock the uh, tie dye. Me so and my Chris, daughter. Chris is the philosopher, and I'm the kingpin. Yeah. Thank you. Me and my on. me and my daughter made these shirts, and they become very special. Then you made oh. them in Florida. We did. Ah, nice. We did. Yeah. We did. So that's really good. All good. You, you you need to encourage your kid, really. Yeah, she 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 loves this type. She's very, and I don't know where she got it from because not me. It's art and music and all that stuff. So God bless. Yeah, I mean, she's already. You know, look, you really got to encourage her because. You know that she's probably capping out at like five three, five four. So you oh, really no. need to encourage her other pursuits. Oh no! You know? he, he, here's oh, here's no. the thing. You <laughs> might you might be proud. We'll see. We'll we'll see. She started off. She's tall for her height. She's like the tallest kid in class. I I may be five eight and change, but I got six foot all over the family. I don't know why. Well, I got you you six. know that you could pretty much with a high level of accuracy calculate what your child's height is going to be at two and a half years old. There's like a metric. That you can apply. I, uh, I don't remember how tall she was at two and a half. Though. Yeah, well, you, you don't have it in a book somewhere. Come on, man. At two and a half? It's really yeah. specific. Yeah, well, you know, okay. So, like, don't, don't you have, like, a thing on the wall where you do the ruler? Like, or you guys not no, do that out on the that. island? We didn't do that. Okay, okay. Fair enough, man. Okay, anyway, let's, right. let's talk about some fights and making some money because – my stupid blank last week had the nuts, but it was only in the mini max where we chopped it up Ouch. many, many, many ways. So let's see if we can. Uh, well, well, wait, Sean. I mean, if you're gonna say if you're gonna say that, I've got to say that I was sitting uh, on 
I was going to bring it up. First place in 100K with like an 85-point lead, which I knew was not going to hold. It didn't make it any less painful, but like I, I had a very unique lineup. I'm in first, 100K all to myself, and then it's like 80-something points, and then I see that there's nothing in the first round. There's no takedowns. So my heart rate starts to kind of get up. I'm like, holy shit, could this maybe go to like a third-round finish? where, um, you know, Blades wins and scores like 75 points. And I, I, I bink this 100K. And then as soon as the second round started, just like the level of dejection just went down. And, and you know, look, congratulations to everybody who won, the 5 million people who cut up first place. Um, not a little bit bitter there, but like sitting on 100K with 85 points, even though yeah, I knew it wasn't going to hold, was really hard. That's that's definitely rough. Uh, before we dive into the fights, guys, make sure to go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to the podcast, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, Rotowire, MMA. Uh, shout out to everybody in chat. Keep the comments and all the good times going. Let's jump into some fights. Julio Arce, 9,000, taking on one of the many newcomers on the, on the prelims, Daniel Santos at 7,200. Uh, Arce is a minus 170 favorite, Santos plus 150. Fight goes to decision, has the slight lean here as well. Joe, we'll start with you this week. Who you got? Yeah, so Arce was the last fighter to weigh in. Um, Miss weight, did not look good. Um as a matter of fact, we initially thought he might have missed it um, because, like, the clock looked like it literally had run out. Um, I don't know if they gave him a dispensation or what, but, um, you know, he he uh, he missed – did he miss weight or did Kay Hansen miss weight? I can't, I can't recall. I, I know he was the last person to weigh in and did not look particularly good in the scales. Um, I, I don't think Arce makes a very good DraftKings play. That doesn't mean he can't win the fight. Um, I'm intrigued by Santos at his price point. Um, I do think that Arce is going to be very low owned. So if you're certainly looking for a pivot, it might not be a bad pivot. However, um, we've seen that Arce can be hurt. Um, We don't know a lot about Santos, but like the limited footage that I've seen of him, he's looked pretty decent. Um, He's priced right. Um, This is going to be a stand-up fight. Um, there's not going to be a lot of peripheral scoring. So even if Arce does happen to win and wins by decision, he's not going to be anywhere. He's not going to sniff the optimal. So I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb here right out of the gate, and I'm going to pick Santos. It's not with any high level of confidence. It's a fade on Arce, knowing he's had a bad cut, knowing he was the last one to weigh in, knowing that we've seen his chin tested, um, was knocked out in his last fight in November. Um, so give me, give me the new guy here and on a wing and a prayer. Um, he's going to be very low owned too. Um, you know, for DraftKings because you've got like Aspen lad and weeks, um, above and below him who are going to catch more ownership. So I'm going to take Santos. Yeah. For that reason. So one of the reasons why I like Arce, I think Arce is going to be one of the lower owned favorites. I think he wins the fight. It's kind Fair of, a, it's kind of a contrarian type play where, you know, if he finds a knockout, he's going to be low-owned and toward, towards the optimum. I'm not saying slam all in, but 
I'm I I could roll I think twenty to thirty percent R say it'd be well over the field yeah. just to be just to Look, be unique. and that is a way to go. I'm just I'm just yeah. going a different way. The way that my lineup constructions are working right now, it's I don't have room for R say at his price point. See, here's the and I think in terms of GPP where I'm going to get different this week. And, and you call me crazy, but I'm trying to win the GPP. Sure. I, I'm going to be, I think, half the field on both Volkanovsky and Chemayev. Like, I'm thinking 30, 35, 40% of both of them. Not that is funny because if there's any of the big three that I was going to be underweight to, it was going to be Jan. <laughs> you know? Like... Him too. All, all the big three, I'm I'm like, they're all going to be 50 to 60% owned. I'm just cutting it in half. Yeah, so look, I, 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 I am not in really any mood to give props to DraftKings, especially after they, they just literally dogged us on that Paul Casey withdrawal. Yeah, and, I, play, I play Casey in cash, and cash. And, you know, way. wow, thanks for the $3 ticket, DraftKings. Well, I, you know, I have really... my own DraftKings issue. Hey, if anybody has any pull with DraftKings VIP, me and Joe have talked about it. I can't get my rep to return an email. And wow. I'm getting I'm getting automated emails from him giving me, like, promos and stuff like hey yeah. make sure you bet and i'm like yeah right somebody return an email now like, I, mean, I, I, get, I get returns it's just like you know one they called me by the name eric which is okay my that name's was not bad. eric um but you know like thanks for throwing me a three dollar ticket it really makes up for all those entries that are dead but draft there is a two hundred thousand dollar top to this um you know to this pro to this uh 25 contest which is nice and also the five 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 is 50k so there's some pretty decent contests, um, you know, as, as there should be for a card of the stature. So, um, you know, that's good. But like, man, oh, man, is the service level falling off a cliff at DK. Yeah, it's gotten gotten weird. Anyway, we digress. Chris? Is it my turn? Ahead. I'm sorry. You, you, can, go for you, it. You, get to, you get to break the deadlock here in this yeah. big fight. Arce Santos 1-1. People's made a bet. Well, first of all, I, nobody, nobody has uh, – you said the right name. It's Daniel Willie Cat, as far as I know. Oh, uh, Willie Cat. I like Willie Cat. Mister 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 Willie Cat uh, was his father, I, I assume. But uh, I I like Arce here too. I think. Look, Song Dong is a really good fighter. There's no shame getting knocked out by him. And that fight was pretty nip tuck uh, going into the second round. I I actually like Arce a lot. I think defensively he's really good, and he's got some good counter striking. He's got a good jab. He's throwing combination. He's got some power, and I think um, Willie Cat. You know, he can. He's got some power too, but he can throw himself off balance into some of these strikes. And I think Arce can can uh, really find his counters there, and 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 maybe get some momentum. He's got wrestling in his back pocket. He could go to. Um, I really think Arce is a good fighter here. Narrative maybe. doesn't bother you at all, Chris. What's that? The narrative doesn't bother you at all. I'm no, no, a bit, poor, poor weight cuts don't really bother me. The, 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 um, the person I always go to actually is Aspen Lad. Where like we've seen times where she's looked almost dead before fights, like shivering on the scale, and then she she gets it in in the cage and she does her work. You know, she gets her takedowns and she and, except and, except last fight. <laughs> and she well, yeah, but uh, that, there, there's a bunch of stuff going on there, and and we'll get there, but. Uh, but um, yeah, so I think Arce is a really put together fighter, and and I'm uh, with Sean here, which I know he loves. Uh, that I think Arce can be a, a good contrarian play. Nine thousand is expensive without being over the odds. Uh, I just I I like it. It's solid, and uh, I'll be over the field too. Uh, so give me Arce. 
Yeah, so some something I've, I've been doing more and more is just I'm getting. I've always been game theory and 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 all that type of stuff. I wanted to to pull this up real quick, just for example. So the odds here, you know, Arce is 32% to win inside the distance and 17% to win in round one. I you know I compile ownerships from various places. He's you know projected at like 10% ownership. And he's, you know, 30% probability went to win inside the distance. Yeah. So, anyway, I digress. Is what I continue to. Um, next fight up, Piera Arrariguez, 8,300, taking on Kay Hansen at 7,900. Uh, line on this fight, Rodriguez minus 130, Hansen plus 110. I, I need someone to look. I've never been the biggest Kay Hansen fan. This line don't make sense to me. I don't. I don't really. Not that you should be a huge favorite, but I'm strongly considering pulling the trigger on a K Hansen bet, and I need someone to talk me out of it because it scares me. Chris, you're first for that responsibility. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll do my best here because I am actually uh, picking Rodriguez. I just think good. I need this. I need to hear yeah, it. <laughs> I, 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 I will. I will give you um, your a big helping of, of the contrarian uh, point of view to, uh, to you. But um, I'm not a big fan of Kay Hansen either. I think she's sort of a, kind of a cut rate Aspen lad, where she'll try to use her boxing to get inside. But that was mean. I mean, well, you know, I just I feel like they're they're a little structured, a little the same, where they both try to use their boxing to get inside, but Kay Hansen is is like way less physical and the wrestling just doesn't um, come off nearly as much. And I think Rodriguez is strong in the clinch. Um, we've seen her have a nice heavy sprawl uh, in the regional scene. And, and then when, if she can sprawl, I think she's going to be the one coming forward, taking that play away from Kay Hansen. And I think that uh, she's got more power than Kay Hansen. So I, I really, I don't, if Kay Hansen can't get this fight to the ground, I don't see a lot of path for her uh, because I think that boxing game is really um, sort of a smoke and mirror pity patter just to try to get on the inside. I think Kay Hansen is going to have the advantage on the feet, and I don't think that uh, Hansen will be able to get to the ground. So I, I'm uh, I'm taking Rodriguez here. Was that good enough? No, because you mentioned that not getting the fight to the ground, keeping the fight in the feet, and I think Hansen's going to get it to the ground. Joe, help me out. Yeah, so – it's important to note that one, yeah, it was Hanson who missed weight here. Um, so she's forfeiting, you know, 20% of her purse. There you go. Um, She'll make she it all back on OnlyFans and more. Yeah, she is dropping <laughs> back. She is dropping down here back to straw weight. Last fight was at 125, and she was just out muscle. Let's be real. I mean, you know, she tried to get takedowns, but she was just completely out muscled. Um, I don't know a lot about Pierre Rodriguez. Um, Height's pretty similar. Um, 5'2 is Hansen, 5'3 is Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez is from Venezuela. Um, don't know anything about the camp. We saw her on the contender series where she won um a unanimous decision against um Machado. Um, you know, she was she the LFA champ? She may have been. Yeah, she was the strawweight a AFL champ, um LFA champ. Um, won it by a first round ground and pound. Look, I think that Kay Hansen at 22 years old is fighting for her spot on the roster here. I, I don't think she can 
afford to lose a third fight in a row. You you know, the Corey McKenna fight was very close. Many thought she won that. I was on McKenna. So for once, the decision went in my favor. And she was just completely outmuscled by, um, you know, by Dravicious in the last fight. So I think if you're going to bet Hanson here, Sean, I would take Hanson by decision because I don't see Hanson actually finishing. One of my problems here, though, is if Hanson does get the fight taken down, um, I have some real fear of a reversal <laughs> um, here. And, you know, Hanson essentially getting her back taken. Um, you know, Rodriguez has got some power. I mean, honestly, I like Hanson because of the odds value. What is this fight? Plus, plus 110, plus 120 on Hanson. So there's a small amount of line value um, in Hanson. But... I'm actually going to go with the former LFA champion and Rodriguez. Um, I think it's a close fight. I think that you could have shares of both sides. Obviously, if you're playing line value, you want Hanson. I'm not really sure where Rodriguez fits at 8.3K. Um, I haven't finished my hand builds yet. Um, I'm sure I'll have whatever the market percentages are of her in my GPPs. But um, I'm going to go with Rodriguez, but it's not a super confident pick. And I think this is a close fight. And I think if you like Hanson, you should play her. If you're going to bet her, you should probably bet her by decision. All right. Next fight up, let's talk about Alexi Olinick. I'm going to show that's so good for Chris. Chris, we're talking about your boy. I, 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 think, I, think, everybody, I think everybody just saw my eyes light up. Go ahead. Your godfather. Uh, and Jared Vandera at 8,100. Um a line of this fight, as you can probably tell from the salaries, is damn near a pick'em. I want to find the exact number right now. Vander is a slight edge in the books, minus one fifteen. Olenek minus one hundred five. Look, I've I've trashed Alexi Olenek forever. Jared Vander is probably worse, guys. But it's it's somebody who's bad who could only strike against somebody who's bad and can only grapple, but who's also a million years old. Look. I striker versus grappler. I always lean towards the grappler. Give me the grappler. Give me old man Alexi. Just do it in GPPs. Play some Vandera too, because this one's this fight to end inside the distance is. Um, let's see what exactly the number right now is minus three sixty. So expecting a finish pretty pretty confidently here. Uh, who's first for this one? I think it is Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe you're up. Yeah. So um, this is kind of interesting because. Um, and, and this is not behind the paywall, so I'm not breaching any confidences here. But my our good friend um, and, you know, someone who's now currently driving up north uh, from San Diego, Brett Apley, actually gave on his Mayo Media Network Quick Picks program, which everybody should watch, by the way. It's only 14 minutes. Watch it after you watch our show, of course. He gave uh, Mr. Vanderworth as his tournament play. And he said you needed to really kind of like bite your tongue a little um, when looking at him as a tournament play. I don't exactly see eye to eye with Brett. What's really interesting about uh, Mr. V is he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, he doesn't have a lot of takedown defense. Mind-boggling that, to me. Yeah, I think that his pillow took him down when he when he hit the mattress. Um you know, so it's like, okay, um, we all know what's going to happen here, right? If Olenek can get the fight to the ground, I don't see him letting 
Mr. Viop. Um, unless it's, you know, towards the end of the round, Olenek has got those wild strikes. Mr. V is more of a technical striker for whatever that's worth. Um, I think this is a fight you probably should have exposure to. Both fighters are 8.1K. Um, in all likelihood, it's going to end inside the distance. Um, I am going to go with um, Olenek here, but because of my my good friend, Mr. Ackley, I will have some shares of Mr. V just in case. You know, this is one of those fights that could just, like, bite you in the butt when you realize that you didn't have, you know, exposure to it. Um, because I think we're going to get it inside the distance finish. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I I would hope that it's from Olenek, but I could certainly see, um, you know, what, 44-year-old Olenek getting really tired and just getting, getting clocked out in the second round. So um, have exposure to this fight. I'm going to pick Alexi. Um, would not be surprised, you know, whoever wins this fight. I, I, the one thing I'm relatively certain of is that it, there will be a finish. Um, you know, and I, I, again, I'm hoping that it's Alexi with one of his Ezekiel's. So go Alexi. Chris, how are right. you dad doing? Uh, he's good. He's, uh, he's, he's getting in shape. I don't know if you've seen those, uh, those uh, Instagram photos, but uh, no, where to begin here? Um, okay, the first thing to say is that I didn't know Vendera was a, uh, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I don't think it matters because uh, Sergei Spivak just had his way with him on the ground. I won't even go to Romanov because you can say, well, Romanov does that to everybody. Spivak doesn't do that to everybody. Uh, it's at least not like that. I mean, he absolutely mauled him. Um, was tired after the first round, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Alexi Olenek always has good first rounds. Even in fights he loses, always has good first rounds. Had a good first round against Spivak, had a good first round against Derek Lewis. He always has good first rounds. If he has a good first round here, that's going to be the end of it because Vendera is going to get tired and he's not going to be able to fight. Olenek gets tired. Yes, he does. But Olenek also comes forward when it looks like he's struggling to breathe. The guy never stops. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. He gets tired. He doesn't stop fighting. Joe mentioned the, um, the wild strikes. Guy's got an 84-inch reach advantage. That's, that's longer than uh, uh, Francis Ngannou. I don't know how that's possible, but it is. He just flails those big arms out there, backs the opponent up, takes him down. He's going to do that here. We haven't seen Vendera be much of a finisher. Um even on the contender series, that that finish against Hunsucker came on the ground. Uh, I I don't really think he's going to want to tangle with Olenek on the ground at all. I think look, Olenek is old. He's had bad knees for a long, long time. Uh, there's a lot of fights he probably can't win anymore. But this is going to be good for number sixty. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he calls it quits after this one. Uh, the big six zero. But uh, yeah, I'm taking Olenek. I think. Uh, I think the, the, if he can't win this fight, he can't win any fight anymore. Let's put it like that, because this is this is uh, this is right up his alley. So uh, give me Olenek for the big uh, score and finish. All right, next fight up. Next fight up. The newcomer is a favorite, Mike Malott, eighty-eight hundred, taking on Mickey Gall at seventy-four hundred. Uh, line on this fight. This is one of the best fight odds. Keeps moving around on me. Um, minus one ninety-five for Malott. Plus 150-ish for Mickey Gall. Um, this feels wide. I know we all love to hate Mickey Gall, but this feels a little wide to me. 
Um, I do slightly favor him a lot, but I think the odds value here is with Mickey Gall in terms of um, handicapping, and it's about the right price on for, for DraftKings. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to say in terms of who I like more, I, I probably like Mickey Gall a little bit in terms of DK, but it's, we, it's weird. The, the, it's, it's a weird spot to be, but I also don't see this fight scoring particularly well. We've seen how tough Mickey Gall is. I know people love to hate him. Like, getting punched in the face as many times as he did against Mike Perry, who has power, and not going anywhere is something. I know Mike Perry's Mike Perry, but Mickey Gall, you can hate him, but the, the kid is tough for, for whatever that is worth. And I think he'll be the better grappler. It's 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 a weird fight for me. Uh, Chris, who you got? Yeah, it's a strange fight for me, too, because I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm getting with Malad. I mean, he fights a couple times in 2015, a couple times in 2017. Then we don't really see him again for a couple of years. And 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 when we do see him, it's these really quick finishes. Uh, his fight in the Contender Series, where like his opponent kind of just fell into a grappling exchange with him, and he got the choke. Um, you know, so he can scramble on the ground, I suppose, but. I also think that um, he's a little bit wild, a little bit uh, unresponsible defensively, and Mike Perry can counterpunch. We saw that in that Mike Perry fight. Uh, at times, Mike Perry has looked pretty decent in the in the octagon. We know he's big for this weight class. We know he can wrestle a little bit. The thing is, if he gets stuck on his back, he likes to play jujitsu a little too much, and that can uh, that can really strand him. But uh, as you said, he's tough. Uh, Sean, and I think that's a big factor here because, as I was saying, Malat's been getting his opponents out of there early. Um, I don't see happening. So I'm going to pick Perry here too. Not the most confident pick, but I I just can't justify um, taking that salary on uh, Malat. So the pick is Mike Perry. Joe, who you, you got? Mean, you mean to pick us Mickey Gall, right? Mickey Gall, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mickey Gall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mike Perry's not fighting on this card. Right. No. Um, so – I have to believe that Malat is either independently wealthy um, or he's got a day job because he is not really, he's 30 years old and he hasn't really fought all that much, which, you know, at one time he was thought to be the great white hope of Canada. Like, you know, Molson actually came out with a bottle with his photo on it, like really hyped up you know, the next GSP. Um, and, you know, he just kind of faded into oblivion. I'm not really sure what he did. Um, you know, so, like I said, he at least he is training at a decent camp um, in Team Alpha Male. Um, so he's getting some reps in. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know a lot of the backstory other than that. Um, you know, Mickey Gall is a camp hopper. I mean, he has been everywhere. Um, his latest camp is Samford, which is uh, obviously turning into a really good and named camp. Um, Samford MMA. Um I don't know. I guess you see a little bit better Mickey Gall each time he fights, and he's not making the leaps and bounds types of improvements that you want to see a fighter of his age make. Um, And again, it normally does take at least um, a fight or a second fight um, off of, oh, he's 30 years old as well. You know, a fight off of um, a camp. You You want a second fight off of a camp. Alex Morono, Alex uh, Morono is pretty tough. At least he went to decision um, with Morono, so you know he struck okay against Mike Perry. Um, I'm going to go with him as well. I mean, I, I you know just because of the inactivity. I mean, 
you know, this could be like a big pork chop here where, you know, Magic Mike is really good and he just, you know, hasn't been fighting and, and is getting good reps in at Team Alpha Male and he comes out and, you know, just does a job on Mickey Galls. But I mean, at 7.4K, that gives you a lot of maneuverability. Um, it's also a, a, probably a lower owned pivot from, you know, the Aspen lads of the world. So I'm going to give a shot to Mickey Gall here and let's see what happens. All right. Next fight up. We're talking about Raquel Pennington, 8,900. Aspen Ladd, 7,300. Line on this fight, (coughs) Raquel Pennington, minus 180. Aspen Ladd, plus 155. (coughs) I I don't know what to say about this line. I I did bet this fight. I've already have a bet on Aspen Ladd. I mean... I, I like. I think she's a legit prospect. Weight issues, all all this other stuff. Look, Rocky Pennington is old. I I get she's. I I just that number on on Raquel Pennington is wrong. Just I, I can have a hard time convincing me otherwise. You can say you're picking her to win a close fight. Like I I you could say it's close. You could say it's picking. I think it's the most I'm gonna give you. I I like Aspen Ladd here. I think. She's, she's obviously younger. I think she's a better athlete. I think she's coming along. And unless Raquel can really make this a dirty fight, um, I, I like Aspen Ladd quite a bit in this spot. So clearly I, I'm on the Aspen Ladd side. Joe? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on Aspen Ladd as well here. Look, this, I, this I, like, I, like Pen- I like Pendleton. Pendleton. Mm, I like Rocky. Um, someone actually asked, has she ever been on a card before with Torres? And I believe she has. Um, but I, I think, um, of the two fights that Torres is the one more likely to get a win here, um, of the couple, I should say, um, look, she, she is a pioneer in, in women's MMA. Um, Why is she, she minus 190? Why, what I, am I, I you know, I mean, be, it's, it's like, it's the James Tahuna. Like you're looking at who she's fought and some of her wins. I mean, I don't think she's spectacular. I don't think she's ever really knocked anyone out. I mean, Aspen Ladd looked good on the scales today, which is saying something, right? Like she looked good. Um, so she got her weight cut under control. I like her ground and pound. I hope she goes for a takedown. Rocky is tough though. I don't think Rocky's going to give anything away here. I'm expecting a tough fight, but like for 7.3 K, I mean, you know, give me Aspen Ladd here. I think Aspen Ladd's going to be extremely popular. And inversely, if you're looking for, you know, a pivot, um, I can't imagine that the ownership and, you know, given we lost a fight, which we, you know, we probably should have mentioned straight out of the gate, you know, Tybora Rosenstruck is off. Um, you know, now we're down a fight. Um, even with that, I don't think Rocky is going to get a lot of ownership. Um, so if you like Rocky, if you really do, um, you know, go ahead and play her. However, she's probably a better bet than she is a DraftKings play because I really don't see her finishing Aspen Ladd. And I just really don't see a lot of upside points relative to salary as a factor of X. I don't see her really, um, you know, making optimal unless something really weird happens. Um, But I would say, you know, bet Rocky, bet Rocky by decision if you like her, but I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm making it unanimous and it it bothers me that the whole world is on the dog air because that means the favorite's going to win. But, uh, Anyway, I mean, I, I think it's a play. I think it's a bet. I think, look, I mean, 
the, the trajectory of Pennington has been good lately. Um, the, the the win or then even the finish, no less, of Chiasan was nice and, and unexpected. But um, you know, I don't I don't see it. Uh, we talked talk about all the issues Lad faced before the last fight. She was just coming off a bad weight cut, and she took that fight on short notice. And it was up a weight class. Uh, there, there's just a whole lot of things going on. I think that um, she'll be able to get her takedowns against Pennington. Who's not an easy takedown, but you know it, it'll happen if you're committed. Uh, Marion Renault got her down a couple times, got like almost four minutes uh, in top position. I think that Ladd is going to get her down. I think Ladd is going to win the pressure battle here. Pennington kind of likes to just stand in the center and blitz in with uh, attacks. I think the more consistent pressure is going to come from Aspen Ladd. Uh, the boxing exchanges are going to be interesting, but I think. Lad probably has a little bit more power. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand the line either. I'm going to um, I'm gonna be shocked with all of you when uh, Pennington in- inevitably wins, I suppose. But I am uh, taking Aspen Lad here. Yeah, it'll be something. All right, next fight up. Alexander Fluffy Hernandez, 8,700, taking on Josh Fremd at 7,500. Uh, line in this fight, Hernandez minus 195, Fremd at plus 165. Um, Alright, I, I don't know about you guys, but there's a little bit of talk I've seen around. Um, people seem to be down on Hernandez and up on Fremd. Do you guys getting that feeling too that Fremd is going to be one of the more popular GPP dogs, or am I totally talking crazy? No, I'm hearing some whispering about it. I mean, yeah. you know, like obviously there's narrative around you know, fluffy. I mean, if you want to see a purple belt, actually submit a guy known as the black belt collector. Well, that's, um, I mean, that's just, but I just think, I think, look, and he, Anthony Hernandez is, in terms of point per dollar, he, he actually has the second, now that the other fight's off, he has the second best inside the distance prop on this card. Really? Tied. Tied with um, Volkanovsky. Yeah, that's Chimaev, hard to believe, actually. Chimaev is minus 190. Volk and Hernandez are both minus 125, and then you got Ian Gary at minus 105. Like, and I can get, and you can get, and he's projected, Hernandez is projected at 20% owned. Yeah, I'm going to be over that. I'm going to be in 35-ish percent yeah. range because no one's playing him. Not not so, to mention, um, I, I always like to bet on guys who went to Slippery Rock University, so that's why I kind of <laughs> like, I like uh, free M tier. Uh, so anyway, I I am on Hernandez as the pick. I do think he'll just be a little bit cleaner overall. Uh, I do think Frem's best chance is to come in, sw- just swing in and make it a war. And then I think he's live in that in that scenario because I've seen Hernandez get defensively irresponsible. So it's not out of the realm of possibility this turns into a firefight and Frem does get a, a KO. Uh, Chris, you were first for this one. Well, I have to say here that Josh is no friend of mine. But, Get, uh, oh God, I wish I was the producer on this. I'd kick your ass out right well, now. I'm so glad nobody nobody did any puns. So that, that yeah. I, I have more in in case. Uh, I'm sure you did. Wondering. Get out. But yeah, I, I don't I don't really get it either. I, I just I'm not I don't know what Fremd does really well. He throws light kicks, I guess. He has some power. I mean, he, he he's, he's six foot four. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I was just about to say he's big for the weight class. He is, but um. You know, it's just very strange. Also, he goes for these takedowns that are like bear hugs where he tries to pull the opponent basically on top of him. He, he's done that uh, a few times over. I, I, just, I just don't see where, like, 
th this overwhelming skill differentialize. I agree with Sean that um, uh, Fluffy can get clipped coming in, but that's also kind of what I like about him in this matchup is that he's going to um, just come in like a house on fire and try to overwhelm uh, Josh Fremd. I, I don't put a lot of stake in, in what he, he did to Rodolfo Vieira just because um, I, I love when people talk about that fight. Like, oh, I knew it. I knew he was going to – like when he was in an arm – when he was literally in an arm triangle. Did you know it then? I mean, come on. But uh, but I, I digress. I think that um, – I think for Hernandez, if he's not going to be owned, I say play. He's what, 8700 here, which is – a, a nice moderate price is not going to kill you on a favorite. And Hernandez is a finisher. He's an action fighter. They're both action fighters. Um, so if you think there's a skill differential, which I do with uh, Hernandez, then, yeah, I, I say play him if you're going to get the scarcity on it. So my pick is Hernandez. Yeah, so um, Frem is in his last um, eight fights, he's one and seven. And, I mean, sorry, seven and one. <laughs> and his, his one loss is to – Gregory Rodriguez, who is in the UFC and who's had a couple of interesting fights of late. Uh, in that fight, it was for the LFA middleweight title. He was a 5-2 to two favorite against Rodriguez in that fight, and he got nuked. Um, you know, so he came back from that loss and won his next two fights. Um, and now here he is against Fluffy Hernandez. Um, I'll, I'll have some exposure to Hernandez, but again... <laughs> It's another fight where I'm going to actually, um, you know, chase uh, Freem here, um, you know, looking for some value um, to, you know, pivot away from Aspen Ladd, who everybody is seemingly going to be on, um, you know, so I've got some, I'm going to be building some lined up lineups with Freem. I'll probably have as much, if not more of him in my mass entry GPPs than I will uh, Fluffy. Um, just again for for how my builds are looking and and for the salary savings. Um, I, I you know look, I don't know what to make of this fight. I don't think Hernandez is that good. I think he could certainly walk into something. Um, I think uh, despite him submitting the black belt collector, I think that um, uh, you know Freem is is just as good, if not better, on the ground. Um, he's got a couple. He's got a couple of submissions on his record. Um, you know, one in LFA, one in Bellator. Um, you know, he, I, I could certainly see him winning by submission if Fluffy gets a little bit too aggressive. Um, but I'm going to go with 3M here. All right. Next fight up, we're talking about Ian Gary at 9,200. Darian Weeks at 7,000. Gary is minus 380. Weeks is plus 290. I think Weeks is the flavor of the week. There you go, Chris. There's your dad joke. Uh, yeah. uh, in, ter in terms of underdogs, I don't know why we're staring at Joe while I'm talking. Yep. It's kind Sorry of about that. It's kind, of, it's kind of freaking me out. I, I, um, I just couldn't get enough. I just couldn't get enough of the of the head, but we're we're over it now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> threw me off. So Look, everybody likes Darian Weeks. So who do you guys think I like in GPP? That's right, Ian Gary. Um, Weeks is just too popular for me. I know Gary's got these weird Conor McGregor comparisons going on. I don't think anybody really believes he's there. Uh, look, this is a good matchup to build for him. I think he's in a good spot. I think the line's a little inflated, but I do think he should be a favorite. Um, it is a fight to have both sides of... Um, this fight, by the way, to end inside the distance is, I had it and it's gone, a minus 
scroll all the way up here. Thanks, Best Fight Odds. You suck. Minus 190 to end, end in a decision. So I do want some of both sides. Um, but Gary at minus 105 to win inside the distance is, is my preferred play. Especially when people seem to be talking him down, which is bizarre. Chris, who you got? Actually, yeah. Joe, I think. Oh, Joe. Sorry. Oh, yeah. 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 So um, I have the over under at 20. And 20 is the number of um, room keys and panties thrown by women sitting ringside um, at Ian Gary. Um, this is definitely a guy that uh, the UFC wants to win. Um, is this the next, um, you know, prospect? Uh, Gary, uh, I'm sorry, Weeks uh, fought, scored 75 points in a loss against the ghost of Brian Barbarena. Um, you know, pretty nice. He's 7K. Um, I will be having shares of him. Um, when I initially looked at this, I'm like, hmm, Gary looks like a really nice pivot off of one of the big three. Uh, and then I thought about it. And I'm like, huh, he could actually lose this fight. Um, you know, I'm a lot less confident in him getting the win than I am in any of the uh, three at the top. So I will have some lineups both ways. But I think, again, you know, Weeks is, looks okay here. You know, um, I just don't think, and again, I'm reading between the lines and the narrative and the fact that, you know, good looking fighters with accents who are blonde, um, you know, the UFC likes to promote, um, you know, this guy is a better looking, more chiseled Patty Pimblet. I mean, what can I say? Right. Um, I, I can't think... wait to keep betting against that fool. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I, I just can't think, um, you know, I can't think that they want this guy to lose, especially not against a guy like Weeks. So I'm going to pick Gary to win, but I will have some shares of Weeks in DraftKings in case uh, he ain't all that in a bag of chips. Uh, Chris, who you got? So I think maybe we'll start with a hot take where I, I don't know that this fight ends inside the distance. I think that one of the things that I saw from me and Gary – coming into the UFC debut is that he he's basically the back foot counter striker. He likes to hop around and, uh, you know, look for those counter shots. And it worked against somebody like uh, Jordan Williams because he, re he basically overextended into one right hand and, and got hit once, and that was the end of the fight. Um, taking a lot of damage before that. But a guy like Weeks, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of the action in his debut was because he's fighting Barbarana. I think generally he likes to just kind of, you know, sit back in the pocket and look for his takedowns. I think if someone's not bringing the fight to him, I don't think um, the action is quite that fierce. So that might be my first hot take on the fight. As far as who wins, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Ian Gary. I'm really not. Um, you know, he, he was taking damage from Jordan Williams. Again, he found one shot. That's good. He's, he's, he's pretty good in scrambling on the ground, so that'll be interesting when they do get there. But um, as far as who's going to score better, I'll, I'll take weeks for the grappling points at, uh, instead of just hoping that Gary, you know, finds the kill shot again. So, yeah, I'm going to take weeks. One last point, um, you know, weeks, not weeks, Gary, you know, is an Irish fighter, right? And, you know, he grew up, um, you know, on six packs and boiled potatoes which is Irish cuisine. Now that he's at Sanford, the guy's finally getting some vegetables in his diet. So like, I would say that the camp change 
the fact that he's at Sanford MMA, that he has access to vegetables. Um, I think that that's actually some narrative that people need to pay attention to. That dynamite drop in. Thank you, Joe. There you go. <laughs> uh, Sean, we, we, we Sean is silent. Sean is, is yeah. he's contemplative right now. He's wondering if he's going to play the Damn, vegetable angle. I get, I, I, no, I... I a perfect major league reference. Okay. Dynamite Love drop in money. They don't. That's it. what I was thinking of. I know. Yeah. I know. I was trying to help you out. Love Dynamite that. drop in yeah. money. Love that don't, movie. Don't call the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. <laughs> yeah. Fly ball. Fly ball. Fly. <laughs> <laughs> dating, dating ourselves, guys. All right. Love next that movie. Up. We are, my all-time favorite movies. The little green uh, home run hitter. <laughs> Stop! You can't kill me. I can I can quote no. Major League literally for a whole show. Oh, so good. Um, Vince Pichel, eighty four hundred, taking on Mark Madsen, seventy eight hundred. Uh, line on this fight: Vince Pichel minus one twenty five, Madsen plus one hundred five. I do like Vince Pichel posted on Twitter, and now I quote: "Tomorrow we wrestle until he's gassed, and I turn it up and start punching mud holes in his fucking face." <laughs> Um, is that a haiku? Because it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> that is man, what... is that a haiku? Come on, man, chime in. Let us know if that's a haiku. <laughs> because I would have thought he would have said his ass, but he, he so, didn't rhyme. Nope, nope. He's a fucking face. Uh, look, that's all well and good, Vince, but you, you're gonna you're gonna try and wrestle against an Olympics. Of, uh, okay, I feel good about picking Madsen. Give me Madsen. Yeah. Um, do I think Pichel can win? Sure. Who is it the better, the cleaner path to victory? I actually think Madsen does. So my pick is Madsen. I don't even know who's up first. We're talking about Major League for so Chris. long. I think it's Chris. Me. Chris, do the little shimmy that makes all the girls in New Jersey love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to hate him when he was with the A's, but it's, yeah, it's but amazing no. how a uniform can change how you feel about that. He's still a dick. <laughs> He's still a dick. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I I think that I look if you if you ask me who was the do- who was the dog going to be beside uh, Lad, I I, I would have told you Madsen because uh, Michelle just gets taken down too much. I think he's got something like a twenty five percent defense rate, and um, you know he's got like his janky movement, whatever. He he, he can use his angles, but Madsen. He, he, he can't strike, but he has his game on the feet figured out where he's just going to use his physicality. If he can't take you down right away, he's going to he's gonna uh, wall you into the fence and, and hit you with elbows. I kind of like the game that he's uh, constructed for himself. He was able to track down um, Clay Guida uh, most of the time in their fight, even though he couldn't take him down. I do think he gets Pichel down. And, look, I don't think Pichel is uh, – has enough consistent offense on the feet to keep Madsen off of him. I think as a dog play, and we know that he can get six, seven, eight takedowns in a fight. I think this is kind of a no-brainer here. I'm going with uh, Madsen. Look, I think Madsen's live as a dog, but you guys have neglected to mention. Um, you know what Vince Pichel's nickname is? It's Vince from Hell Pichel. So I will give you a quick antidote, and it is it is a well-known fact that um, Canadians um, are the most contemplative thinkers in the modern age. It has to do with all that clean water and fresh air. And, you know, I wonder if Vince from Hell Pichel realizes that 
there is, and this is props to my, my good friend, Lucha Bone, that there is a stairway to heaven and a highway to hell. And what does that tell you? That there is far more traffic going south than going north. With that said, I will tell you that I like Chris's take. Um, I do worry a bit about Madsen's cardio. We've seen him literally get exhausted and fall off a cliff. And one thing, one edge I will give to Pichelle is cardio. Um, so I could certainly see this fight turning around late. I think there could be an interesting live betting opportunity here because Matson will look good early. He will take down Pichelle. Um, You will see the line move um, into his into his favor. Then maybe hop in and 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 you know put a bet down on Pichelle um, because if this fight, the longer this fight goes, the more it's to the benefit of Pichelle, right? So I will also take Matson. Here as a dog play, I believe he's 7.8K. Um, give me Madsen here. Let's hope he manages his cardio better than he has in the past. Um, and, you know, I dig in that mustache from Vince from Hell Pichelle. Digging the mustache. All right, next fight up. We're going to go with Mackenzie Dern, 8,200, against Tisha Torres at 8,000. Uh, line of this fight, Dern minus 120. Torres plus 100. Look, this is... I'm, the, I'm one of the biggest Mackenzie Dern fans, but objectively, I just picked against her for the first time because I'm not sure she can get Tisha Torres down. I think this is a terrible, terrible matchup. I think that Dern is going to get frustrated on the feet and Torres is going to win a sloppy decision. Uh, am I rooting against it? Absolutely. Do I wish that Mackenzie Dern would do the, Val- the Valerie Lorida... Uh, celebration after she wins absolutely um but so <clears throat> that being said even though i'm picking torres Dern's the better dk play because if she wins i mean she got a takedown she got a submission and she scored torres i don't see many pass to victory for a score here so that's my breakdown of the fight guys i'm gonna let you talk about this i got a guy on the other line about some white walls yeah go for it yeah so uh yeah i know sean's got that raging case of ibs um, yeah, so look, wait, um, wait, wait, did you really miss that, that line? Nah, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. No, I got it. I got okay. it. That's Lou. Okay. That's Lou. Okay. Okay. Just making right, sure. Right, Come right, on, right. man. Just sure. Want you to make manage, sure. want you to manage the Indians. Uh, I don't know. I got a guy on the other line. Okay. So look, one thing that there is no debate about is the hottest female fighter on this card is Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern is hot in her normal Routine, Mackenzie Dern cutting to 115 is even hotter, right? Um, so there's no debate about the hotness of Mackenzie Dern. Um, uh, this is an interesting fight. Like, I love the volume of Tisha. What Tisha has got to do here is she's got to keep her balance. Because I do think that if Dern does get her down, and thankfully for Torres, uh, Dern's offensive wrestling is somewhere between non-existent and never going to happen. Um, so Torres would pretty much have to make a mistake. You know, she'd have to put herself in a position where she gets judo tossed, or maybe she's off balance. If she does something silly, like, like throw a kick or kind of throw a punch that throws her off balance. I could certainly see Dern riding the round out. And that's what concerns me. Right. I will pick Torres in this fight as well. Um, you know, despite the obvious hotness of Mackenzie Dern, but I do, I do think that it could be a dangerous fight for Torres. Um, I do see this fight likely going the decision. Um, Dern, I think, is plus 250 to win by sub. 
um, which is probably not enough. I would probably look for a little bit more, like maybe plus 400 if I was going to take a taste of that. But um, give me Torres here. Um, again, not a lot of value in, in this fight. The, the salaries are pretty close. Um, I don't know that um, it's a great DraftKings fight um, because I, I don't know what kind of scoring you're going to get. I don't know that 10x on this card is going to cut it with two five round fights and, um, you know, potential for, you know, early finishes by a couple of these fighters. So I don't know how much exposure I'll have to this fight as a whole. It's probably a better fight to bet than it is to play on DraftKings. But I will go with Torres as long as she fights a smart fight. Uh, well, Sean is muted, but I assume he no, told no. me to go ahead. Yeah, so. I, I did. I did. All right. Um, yeah, that IBS is a bitch. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I pretty much agree. I think that, um, I, it's funny because Sean says he's the biggest Mackenzie Dern fan, but he can't take her this time because he doesn't know if he can get her down. And I'm just thinking, well, who does she take down? I mean, here's, here's a fun stat for everybody. She went one for eight in her last fight with takedowns and improved her takedown accuracy. <laughs> it was 8%. It's now 10%. So it's going. No, right you know there. what? You know what? I can handle picking against her, but you need to back off. Listen, back off, my girl. You would you would love to be taken down once by. If she can get me there, we might we might be uh, we might be. I don't even mind her accent. But, you know, I don't mind that. But um, but yeah, I so I don't. What should trying? What? The other thing too is uh, I'm just barreling ahead. The other thing too is. Uh, um, Torres is really strong for this division. So for someone who doesn't have a lot of technical wrestling, who's bad on the wrestling anyway, I really just don't see it happening unless like she starts rolling for leg locks or, or does some of this tricky stuff. I, or like, it's just some weird scramble. Like Joe said, there was one of those that happened in the Rodriguez fight. I think there's their second ground exchange was just some weird kind of scramble where she was able to take mount. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting to me because Tori's going to pour on the volume. And if uh, if Dern's stuck on an island out there, who knows what that means for the score and how she gets overwhelmed. And so, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go crazy with it. I could see like maybe like 86, 88, 89, you know, which it wouldn't be bad for for, for, the, for um, her salary there. But I, uh, I yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I say this a lot because as, as much as Sean is the, uh, Mackenzie Dern lover. I am the Mackenzie Dern hater. I've picked against her most of the time, which hasn't worked out too well for me. But uh, I, I just I don't like I don't like specialists, especially when they can't get the fight to where they need it. Um, but anyway, um, I am taking Torres here, and um, you know it, it'll be an interesting fight to see how it plays out. If um, to see what Torres can do point wise, if the fight can't go to the ground, so the pick is Torres. All right, next fight up. Hamzat Chimaev, 9,400, taking on Gilbert Burns, 6,800. Line on this fight, Chimaev is the pretty big favorite currently at. God, I can't find it. I don't even care anymore. Like, we know what this fight is, right? Yeah. Like, there it is, Chimaev. Wow, no. So I tried to control F Hamzat, and a, a future fight against Usman comes up, and they have that as a pick em. Yeah. Jeez, Sean, do you, know, do you know what the future odds are on Chimaev to be 
uh, the middleweight champion at the end of 2022? Do you know what the odds I'm, are? I'm guessing it's Pickham. 35 to 1. You could wow. get 35 to 1 if you were to bet Chimaev to be the middleweight, not the welterweight, the middleweight champion oh, by the end okay. of 2022. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, that yeah, means he's got to beat that. Izzy. So 35 to 1 is maybe worth a small shot. Um, eh, he's going to get the fight. I don't think yeah, I, 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 I know. going to take that. Look, it's anyway. a long shot, but 35 to 1? Nah. Chimaev, by the way, is minus 500. Burns plus 360. Um, everyone's waiting to see Chimaev tested, stretched out. What's going to happen? Um, interesting spot for it. I more think that we're kind of going to see him stretched out. He's still going to score well. I think it'll be more competitive. I, I think Chimaev gets a second round finish, honestly. Or he just strikes with Burns. Like, don't get it twisted. Chemaev is a really good top pressure grappler, but I wouldn't fuck with Gilbert Burns in the mat. You really want to do that? Yeah, that ain't no John Phillips. I I, I wouldn't do that, sir. So we'll see how how um, Chemaev plays it. I do think he wins, so I think he's got a, a very well-rounded skill set and is a future title challenger. Challenger. I think he's got more of a shot to beat Izzy than he does Usman. I can't wait to talk about that at a, at, at a later date. Um, who's up for this fight, Joe? I think it's Chris, right? Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it should get out of the way, of course. Uh, Burns is really, really, really cheap. So if you want to play him, obviously do that. And I'm sure a lot of people will. This is you will never see a fighter of this caliber at this salary again. So, you know, take advantage of that, et cetera, et cetera. Now, as far as the fight goes, um, funny, you know, Hamza, he's not much leading. He can be pretty sloppy, but he's a really good counter striker. He, um, he has a couple of the one shot knockout. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if, um, if uh, the mirror shard is, is a counter strike, he, he fainted first and then threw the shot on the regional scene. He has a couple of uh, one shot hitter quitters that are uh, legitimate counter shots. And as far as the ground goes, it's tough because um, Gilbert Burns has a terrible takedown defense rate. And if you watch it, he, he doesn't put in much effort into it because he probably never felt like he needed to before. If you want to take me to the ground, fine. I'll, I'm going to beat you there. Uh, we don't know about that with Hamzad. It's not, it's not even that I think he'll be better at him jujitsu for jujitsu, but We've heard guys talk about this. When somebody is so heavy on top, sometimes you're just not used to it, and and, and you don't know like like um, you know when they when they said that uh, Habib felt like a middleweight, and and Hamza is is really big for this weight class. Wouldn't surprise me if he felt like a middleweight too. And we have to say Gilbert Burns cardio always a problem. Now we haven't seen Hamza extended. I would guess he would be just fine if it went. Just from everybody he trains with and then the grapplers that come from that area, I would guess he would be just fine. So all that considered, um, also he's, he's a pretty decent uh, takedown defender uh, from what we've seen on the regional scene. He fought a Sambo guy, uh, did pretty well. So all that being said, I'm taking Hamzad here. Uh, Going to be tough. I don't expect him. This is what's so fascinating about this because imagine if he just runs right through Gilbert again. Like, like, what do you even do? You have, you have to just, I mean, Dana has said he would give him Colby after that, but 
if he just runs right through Gilbert Burns, I don't know. I think they revise that. I think they just give him a title shot. But uh, but we'll have to see. Um, it's I can't wait to see what's happening. Uh, obviously, play Burns because of the reasons I said. But I'm taking Hamza here. Yeah. So I don't have nearly that much hardcore analysis here. Burns is a 155er who got tired of cutting. Right. Good fighter, serviceable fighter. I think he's hit his peak. Um, I think uh, if you look at the weigh-ins, how much bigger Hamzad is here. Um, I like him in this fight. I think he's a hype train that the UFC does not want to derail. Um, so I, I see him winning this fight. Um, I would honestly be surprised if he got in any trouble here. I know there are some people saying, yeah, he'll win, but maybe there'll be some, you know, some tricky moment. I don't see that happening here. I really do see him. And I'm not a I'm not a fanboy at all. I mean, I just, you know, think that there is a reason why this fight was made. Um, they want to show some progression before they put him in a title fight. And look, you're putting him up again, again, against a former 155er um, in Gilbert Burns, who really has had his shot and who's peaked. And actually, you know, had a good round against uh, Usman. I think he, he had him in trouble. He, you know, he, he popped him once. Um, so he's not without danger here. I just think that, you know, we got a hype train. Um, UFC loves hype trains. Hype trains um, put people in the seats, sell pay-per-views, make the UFC oodles of money. So, Hamza. All right. We are running over, and we got some business to take care of, boys. We got the co-main event now. Peter Yan, 9,300. Al Jermaine Sterling, 6,900. Uh, line on this fight. <clears throat> Excuse me, Pietro Jan is a very, very large favorite currently at, as I'm stalling, thank you very much, minus 450, Aljamain Sterling plus 340. So people have selective memories with this one. I know we talk about the knee and this, that. Like, Aljamain Sterling was winning rounds until he got tired. Like, Pietro Jan was definitely taking over late. Absolutely. But to say Piotrion is just going to steamroll him because he was he was on his way to finishing Aljamain Sterling in the first fight, I think is really short-sighted. I think it's very short-sighted and kind of dangerous. Um, and I'm going to wrap it up by the end of this still picking Piotrion, by the way. But it's a close fight. Like, this line is wrong. And Aljamain Sterling, I think, is going to correct the mistake that he made. He's not going to throw as much volume. He's going to be smarter in his game plan. He can hang with Piotr Jan. Can he get enough takedowns to win the fight? I think he was winning the first rounds because of that high volume. Piotr waited him out and and great. And and it took over late. I think this is going to be, be more measured. And I favor Jan in that type of fight. But I don't think to say Jan's going to go smash him because look how that last fight ended. There were three and a half rounds before that happened that you have to look at. It was a close competitive fight. I think Piotr Jan wins. I think he wins via split decision. I think it's that close. And I think we see a third fight between these two. So Jan for the win. Um, Sterling is live. And if Sterling gets this fight to the ground when they're dry, look out. Just look out. Go ask Cody Stamen how his knee feels. Um, Joe, you're up first for this fight. Yeah, so I'm I'm picking Jan as well, but all your points are are well said. Um, I'm actually picking Jan inside the distance only because it's a five round fight. If it was a three round fight, I'd be more apt to think it might go to decision, but I do think Jan gets it done late. Um, 
of the three marquee fights on this slate, I do think that this is the fight that is that I believe has the has the highest chance of ending in an upset. Um, again, with that said, I'm still picking on. Um, you know, I you know does Algermain have a better game plan so he does not gas himself out? One would hope that his coaches uh, provided him with such. Um, you know, but again, it's a five round fight. Uh, we know that Jan's got the cardio. Um, you know, give me Jan here. I will be playing some shares of Sterling at a ridiculously low price um, on DraftKings just because I think that, that there is the greatest possibility of an upset in this fight versus the other two. So um, give me Jan, but give me some shares of Sterling. Give him Jan or give him death. Joe, Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris, you got Sorry. Okay, so here's my problem when people say um, the first fight was competitive because – Sterling won early rounds. Everybody wins the early rounds against Peter Young. That's how he operates. He makes his reads first, and then he dissects you. Um, uh, Jose Aldo was was winning early rounds too. Uh, uh, a lot a lot of fighters have won early rounds or looked good early. It hasn't led to anything. It's not going to lead to anything here. Um, Peter Yan is just too good at, at walking his opponents into traps, at, at recognizing what you're doing and exploiting it. And look, the reason why it was, I think, reasonable to like Sterling in the first fight was, okay, if he gets the grappling going, Peter Yan outgrapples him in the fight. So where, where does that leave Sterling now? I do think that Sterling is going to try to go back to his grappling because I think he's going to try to disrupt the timing on all those reads, but... I mean, Peter Yan was defending takedowns and getting his own takedowns like it was nothing. So, I mean, look, if they got into a grappling scramble to where um, uh, Sterling could get his back, I expect him to be better there in the actual um, jujitsu portions. But that's kind of a narrow space when you consider everything else that has to happen first. Um so yeah, I, I I like Peter Jan to actually do. I do think the line is still too wide because it's it's a wide line. But I kind of like Jan to do what the line says, which is to come in here, have a slow maybe first one or two rounds as he's figuring stuff out, and then you know go for it. If the if the knee hadn't ended that fight, we would have a very different. Uh, picture of Sterling right now because it would have ended with him gassed out and TKO'd and laying on, on the canvas. So um, in, in, in a defeated way, not in a, I'm getting the title kind of way. So um, I, I think, I think this is Jan's fight. I think that um, he's going to take it over in much the same fashion. And uh, I, I think he's a good play again. So give me Peter Jan. Right, and I'm glad we had some debate there because this next fight, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Alexander yeah. Volkanovsky, 9,500. Korean Zombie Chan Sung Jung, 6,700. Volkanovsky, minus 720. Um, zombie, plus 500. That, that line's about right. Volkanovsky, best in the world. So, uh, Chan's not going to have the grappling form. He should be a step behind on the striking unless Volkanovsky is just having an off day. I mean, Volk is just better. But it is MMA. There's the flash KOs. There's the just outside of just something fluky like that happening or just a bad day because they're, they're both high-level athletes. It could happen, you know, any given Sunday type of thing. Bulk should win this fight. 
that's a big price tag. I'll be underweight to the price though. Um, that's really it for this one. I got Volkanovski. Chris, not very exciting, but start off the main event. Yeah, I, I I don't think there's any way. I think we all like the fact that Zombie's getting a title fight. Everybody likes him. He's a, he's a good action fighter. But um, this is just not going to be competitive. I think there is a chance for um, Volkanovski to, to take, you know, do something with that salary because I think he can get his wrestling going here again. He's fought a fights recently where that hasn't been possible. Zombie stands really flat-footed in that boxing stance. I think Volkanovski can get his wrestling going and, you know, maybe um, get those points up there. But he's not – He's not. I don't see him being competitive in any phase of this fight. Volkanovski's quicker. His hand speed's better. He's more sophisticated in his boxing. Although, although Zombie's not a bad boxer, certainly. He's, I just don't think he's on this level. So – uh, give me, uh, give me, uh, uh, Volkanovsky in the main event. Joe, who you got? So, you know, we've got like real hardcore fight analysts out there and they love to use the phrase binary. Um, this is a binary fight and I will tell you why, um, has nothing to do with fighting styles or either the fight or, or the fighters themselves. But I got one word for you to describe this fight. Vegemite. Vegemite is the most vile, disgusting, fermented yeast paste that is a daily staple in many lives of Australians. And Volkanovski puts this on his toast as part of his pre-fight training. It is vile, right? I would rather have a jar of the hottest and spiciest kimchi over one piece of toast with the tab of Vegemite on it. So Vegemite versus kimchi makes this fight very binary. Um... I've got to go with the guy that could tolerate Vegemite, and that is Volkanovsky. Um, you know, I could certainly see like 120, 130 point upside from him. Uh, my only fear is that maybe he finishes it too quickly. Um, but I do like him here. Um, I will probably be uh, exposed uh, to Jung. Oh, God, I guess slightly more than Burns, um, you know, but not by much. Um Again, Sterling of the big three is the one I, I give the greatest chance of upset here. Although anything can happen, you're right. You know, Volk could be having an off day. I remember when Volk was making his UFC de- debut, I kind of reached out to our brothers from down under um, and sisters and asked, hey, what, are you, what can you tell me about this guy? And, you know, they came back. I think they called him the Hulk, you know, ex-rugby player, was upwards of 200 pounds. And I remember riding him throughout his entire career. Um, so he's been very, very, very good to me. Um, I don't see any reason to pivot off of him. I think he's going to be the highest owned fighter on the slate. Um, you know, he's obviously a lock in cash. I don't know that there's much more to say if, you know, you need a level of confidence for someone with that salary, um, you know, to, to, to earn points. I think you got it. Um, so give me Volkanovsky by finish. All right, guys, hot takes, get them in. Something unexpected you're thinking is going to happen for UFC 273. Chat, fire away. Here's my hot take, dude. I got one. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Let me get this out of the way. Guys, go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe, mostly subscribe to wherever the podcast is, Rotowire MMA. Follow all of us on Twitter. Sorry, Joe, had to pay the bills. What you got? No worries. You got to pay the bill. So here's here. This is not a hot take. This is a wager. It's a parlay. Um, and it is 
Jan, Volkanovsky, and Hazmad by KO. 15 to 1. Now, as much as I hate to give props to DraftKings, there is a boost. It's called the Dan Batard favorites boost or something of that nature on DraftKings, where if you play those three fighters just to win outright on the money line, you get a 25% profit boost. So now, unfortunately, you can only do it for $50. So normally those three on the money line parlayed would be minus 159. You get that down to like minus 120 or something like that. You could literally cover your, you know, 15 to one wager by, by playing those guys to win outright. So that is what I did. Um, 15 to one, um, KO Hazmat, KO Jan, KO Volkanovski. My hot take for this card. How crazy do I want to go? I'll tell you, you know what? I, I will. I'll peek in. So I, so I do, you get exposures, rankings, all that good stuff for me um, at MMAplay365.com. He's got betting content over from our friend Newsom. I do DFS over there, more in-depth for every card. Um, but it's one of the things I give away there is my tar- tournament target exposures. I built 150 earlier, and this is how aggressive game theory I'm going. So instead of a hot take, I'm going to give you a couple exposures that I think are pretty hot takes. And it's it's all just... It's it's all game theory, and a lot of it's odds based too. Um, Volkanovski, I'm at 19. percent Whoa. Piotr Jan, I'm at 13. percent You want it now? Here's where it gets really crazy. Anthony Hernandez, the second big, you know, I'm at 60. percent Hernandez, and let me give you I, I one more relatively hot one in here. Um, wow. It is hard. It is pretty high on those. Two. Oh, and combined. Oh, and Darian Weeks uh, goes with Darian Weeks. I'm I'm under the feeling Darian Weeks by a lot. I'm at eight uh, percent. I wanted to find one more. I ha- I had one more pretty good wow. one in here. Oh, Chimaev. Chimaev. I'm not as crazy down on thirty-seven percent. So given a little bit behind the curtain on those guys. So I'm going. For my big three, I prefer Chemayev and then Volk and then Piotr Jan. I just think the pace is going to slow down in the second Jan-Sterling fight quite a bit. And he's going to be 55% owned, which is bananas. Yep. All right, got hot takes. Chris, you got one, one last call from chat. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, think, I think we're all friends here, right? Enough for me to say that for some reason it keeps going through my head that, like, if Mackenzie Dern can't get the fight to the ground, Torres has so much volume, and Dern's not going to be able to do anything about it. So I'm standing here and I'm thinking, can she overwhelm her to the point where she gets even maybe like a standing TKO? No mas, yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe she can. I'm thinking maybe she. Can. I just love the time you had the same argument. For your girl Amanda Bobby Cooper and Mackenzie. No, Jordan. no, no, no. Right. no. I, clubbed I, I, her, I clubbed her I in the head. Finish. I don't think I said yeah. finish. But this one, this one is volume based and it's I don't know. It's like it's something that's in my head that, that just won't go away. So when that when that happens, I think I should I should say it. I should name the monster, as they say. And uh right. and I've done it. So I'm gonna say Torres by TKO. All right. In chat, 
Well, Dern shows off her Florida accent after her boring clinch fest win over Torres. All right, well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like the Brazilian accent better. And my man, I love this hot take because it's what I'm feeling on this card. John, no title fight, fighter is optimal. Wow. They are super. If both those favorites win and there's finishes on this card, this is super live and it kills a ton of lineups. Kills a bunch. Uh, no, I'm sure you got all your B vitamins for the year, though. That is because John tried Vegemite, so maybe his brain cells are gone. And Vegemite like is, is vile, guys. There. By the way, you should watch you know the weigh-in. <laughs> you should watch the weigh-in show and watch my girl, um, Laura Sanko. Uh, you know, get on the ground and do. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to give it away, but let's just say Laura Sanko on the ground, and that's really all you need. And you should watch the uh, weigh-in show. We um. We need to have a Vegemite bet. I oh, my know. God. Is that disgusting? You know, you know what, Joe? Next time I, I, I make it over to your house for a card, we got to pick a fight, do a Vegemite bet, film it, post it. I bet you we'll get that big. So, so quick story. I was sitting in the executive lounge at the Marriott in Sydney. And, you know, like they put out Vegemite. You know who makes like Vegemite in Australia's craft? Like, like, so they had these little, like, you know how they do jellies at diners where they have them like, the little rack, the little individual one serving size of jelly. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you pull the top off and you scoop it on your toast with your knife. They did that with Vegemite. And I said, you know what? How bad can this be? I heard it's like Australian peanut butter, right? Like I put it, I put it on a piece of toast at the at the again at the executive lounge in Sydney. <laughs> I had a gag reflex, like you would not believe. Like I could, like I literally almost threw up into my napkin. It was so vile. Should we, oh God, not no, no. <laughs> I much prefer the hard cider in Australia versus the Vegemite. Yeah, we do it. You know, it's, it's getting warm. Joe, go over. We'll uh, we'll do a shoey bet outside. When's the next tie fight? Yeah, yeah, dude. You know, All right, like, guys. Like I said, you were welcome this weekend. You kind of yeah. blew me off. You didn't even say yay or nay, but I invited yeah. you this weekend. I didn't. I didn't get anything. Yeah, oh, you did. Is. I sent you a text. Yeah. I, I said, yeah, "Hey, Sean, there, you want to? If you want to break from is. the family, come on over for the fight." Yeah, man. no, there's, there's. It's just. I know. I apologies. Know. For, apologies for not responding. To that. That's I just, all right. That's I all right. You know. I know you got. I know you're busy. You're waiting for a flight out of Florida. You know. Oh, if we could God, ever get was... Chris out of his friggin' basement to come over, you'll never. Guys, you'll don't, never find don't fly me. any. Don't fly anywhere ever again. The the airports this week just beat me to death. I yeah. can Jet, imagine. Jet Blue, you can lick it. Yeah. Anyway, okay, on, guys. Uh, on that note, guys, good luck in your contest. Uh, make sure, again, hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button, all you bleepers. And come up with a good bet for me. I mean, we did Vegemite. We got Chewy uh, on the table. We need some good bets. Hit us up with those. Good luck in your contest. See you next time, guys. Peace. Right, thanks, everybody. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.